Yes, sir. We got a win tonight. We're two games above 500. The Hornets are officially rolling again in their final 10. They are now 1-1 one one with a loss over the Knicks. I don't know how that happened. And a win over the Jazz. I am severely disappointed about the loss over the Knicks. But whatever. If they wouldn't have lost against the Knicks, we'd be sitting tied with the 8th seed with the Nets right now. But you live and you learn, and you just learn to deal with what's going on with the Hornets. Let's take a look at this box score. I watched most of the game. I had to turn it in the fourth quarter because of St. Peter's, because I had to see history happen. They got the win over Purdue. I had to turn it to that, so that was kind of a big deal tonight. But the Jazz were uh, 45%. From the field, 36 from 36% from three. They shot 47 threes tonight, which is insanity. It seemed like they were just chucking up threes the entire night. But apparently they averaged like the second most threes in the league. I can't remember who's first, but they averaged about 40 threes a game. So that's not totally outside of the realm of their averages. They had a lot of rebounds, offensive rebounds, but at the end of the day, I think that Plumlee was just too much for him. The Hornets shot 46% and then 38% from three. They were 13 from 34 from the three-point line. And the Jazz were 17 for 47. So I think that that was really the difference in the game. And then the Hornets also had 45 rebounds off of those missed shots. The Jazz really hammered us from the three-point line in the last time we played them. And also hammered us on the boards last time we played them so that that was the big difference between those two things and uh, miles bridges was also the difference he had 26 points team high nine for 15 from the field four for nine from three 11 rebounds he had a double double and uh, mason Plumley also had 11 rebounds and no points but his impact was felt in other places and they also weren't really guarding Bridges like he is Miles Bridges. I don't know if they didn't get the memo or they were just daring him to beat them, but they were playing pretty far back off of him. I think it was a combination of them just not respecting him and also Rudy Gobert just not being able to defend the perimeter. He can defend the paint, but um, when he had to step out on Miles Bridges, he left him open pretty often and just challenged him to make open shots, which Miles did for most of the night. And then we have um, pretty much the whole game, just a defensive battle. I mean, the final score was 107-101, and the Hornets were playing a pretty slow pace to what they're used to. I mean, the Jazz had like, I think I counted four take fouls tonight, which if you don't know, a take foul is basically just a foul that stops a transition possession. So it's pretty much just to stop the team from going in transition, basically. And they did that like four times tonight, which is so annoying. They should really ban the take foul and just make it like the clear path where it's just a technical because it's gotten out of control and it's so annoying because it eliminates some of the best parts of the game. The Hornets can't even really go in transition anymore because of take fouls from other teams. So it's officially become annoying for me. And um, yeah, I'm pretty pissed about it, but whatever. And tonight, I think it just also wasn't the Jazz's night. Like, they were getting very similar looks to what they were getting in December, but they just weren't able to knock them down. It wasn't like the Hornets were playing stellar defense. There were times in which the Hornets were playing great defense. They were playing good team defense, especially Mason Plumley. 
Um, but I think at the end of the day, it just was the Jazz not knocking down shots. Again, they shot 47 threes, and they only made, I think, 17 of them. So percentage-wise, that's fine, but that's a lot of empty possessions. Um, I, I know that 36% from three isn't terrible but as a team percentage, but that's still also like 30 empty possessions. So whatever. But um, I think that there's eight games left to go. The Jazz is one of the games that I had us losing, but the Knicks was one of the games I had us winning. So right now I'm still sitting pretty good with my prediction. Anywhere in the range of 47 and 7 to 4. We're going to make it to the play-in, so you don't have to worry about that. It's just a matter of if we are going to be in the 7-8 game or the 9-10 game. And for those of you who don't know, the 7-8 game, you basically are in the winner's bracket. And then the 9-10 game, you're in the loser's bracket. So the winner of the 7-8 game becomes a 7 seed. And the loser plays the 9-10 winner to see who's going to be the 8 seed. So... Even if you lose a 7-8 game, you get another chance. If you lose the 9-10 game, you're out. You have to win the 9-10 game to get another chance. And the highest you can get as a 9-10 seed or out of the 9-10 game is the 8 seed. So, um, and the top three seeds in the East are really pretty equidistant. They're pretty equivalent. I mean, you have the Bucks, the 76ers, and the um, Heat. So, I don't think the Hornets match up particularly well against any of those. If I had to say who I wanted them to play, it would probably be the Bucks, just because I think we're 2-2 two and two against them this year. But the Heat, we've had some trouble against. The Sixers, we match up very poorly against. But we just find a way to compete against them. So any three of those teams we don't match up particularly well against, especially because they have a big man who can score and can defend. I mean, you have Bam Adebayo for the Heat, and then you have Giannis, and Brooke Lopez is back now, and then you, well, that could also factor into it, because if Brooke's back, then that's a little bit different story, because I don't think we beat them with Brooke um, in the lineup this year, maybe, if the beginning of the season, but, um, and then for Sixers, you obviously have Embiid, so they, we match up poorly against all of them, and until we get a big man, we're really not going to be able to get into that upper echelon of the Eastern Conference, and we're going to be kind of mid to low mid. Um, but two games above 500 is not bad. We've already surpassed our win total. I think we got to the total number of games played as last season, and we ended up with like five more wins, but we're still in a similar position as we were last season. So that's kind of a bummer. It's kind of disappointing that that's the way that it worked out, but I guess – Getting better in the NBA is not necessarily a linear, necessarily a linear movement. Um, but I would love to have kind of a Memphis Grizzlies type of turnaround there. So if Lamelo Ball can really excel in year three, if we don't get into the playoffs next year, not the play-in, but the playoffs, then I do think that Borrego has to go. I know that a lot of people are looking at his lineups and looking at him through a microscope, but. Here lately, it's just been like, dude, I need you to have some sort of, like, fight. Like, it seems like he never fights for his players. He never gets mad. Obviously, I'm not on the court, but just seeing him over there, you're just like, dude, can we just see you complain to the refs or get a technical? I think he's gotten, like, one technical the entire season. Like, we just want to see you show some passion, some fight for our players and defend them. 
Honestly, it's so annoying. And your stupid rotations. I mean, we played, we played tonight, we played 10 guys at least 10 minutes. We played nine guys at least 15 minutes. For comparison, the Jazz played, well, they played nine guys 10 minutes. So, But that last guy makes a big difference because they only played nine people the whole game. We played 10 people, and all 10 of those people got 10 minutes. So that's basically 10 whole minutes displaced to an entirely different player when it could go to someone like LaMelo, who had 34 minutes, or someone like Mesa Plumley who only had 16. Basically, Jalen McDaniels got 10 of Mason Plumley's 16 minutes. The hard part is that there's only so many minutes to go around, so you kind of have to pick and choose what you want, but... Honestly, LaMelo should be up around Miles Bridges' numbers. I mean, Miles typically goes 36 to 40 minutes, and LaMelo is usually in the 28 to 34 range. So it would be nice to see him kind of drop in there a little bit and also get his field goal percentage up. He's been kind of lacking recently, but not nearly as much as PJ. PJ looked like absolute dog crap tonight. He went 2 for 10 from the field, 0 for 4 from 3. Um, it's kind of gotten to the point now where if I see LaMelo or PJ shooting a three, I assume that it's not going in. And that's really sad because uh, LaMelo, I think he honestly was a better three-point shooter last year. If not, it's close. And it's disappointing that he didn't really make a jump because um, you would expect him to do that. I would love to see him around 40%. I don't know what his three-point percentage is this season. Let's see. Okay, he's at 37.8. That's not horrible. I mean, 40% is kind of the benchmark for a three-point shooter. And these last six, I think, games or so, he's been up around 50%. So he's kind of found his shot back. Um, I think that he also just needs a little bit more killer instinct. Uh, there was a point at which in the first quarter, I think he only shot one time. So those 21 shots are in the last three quarters, which is a crap ton considering he had the most shots in the game for any of our players but did not shoot in the first quarter so that is a bit alarming i think he needs a little bit more of a balance in to be like a balanced aggression if that makes sense it's like sometimes he's way too standoffish and then other times you're like dude chill out so i think a balanced aggression would be nice uh, but Anyway, he had a nice balanced game, 21 points, 4 rebounds, 5 assists, 4 fouls, as he does. I don't think LaMelo's gotten out of any game with less than 4 fouls this season. Um, so, really, it's going to come down to if we can defend, because our defense has been absolute garbage lately. And we have no lineup that we have, really, is like a defensive lineup. You know how on NBA 2K you can make like a defensive lineup, a 3-point lineup it's starters lineup our defensive lineup would be like i don't even know who like i guess our defensive point guard would be Lamelo, maybe comparatively i mean isaiah thomas and terry rosier play even less defense than Lamelo, and then our defensive shooting guard would be maybe Kelly Oubre, and then our defensive small forward would be Cody Martin, and then JT Thor for a power forward, and then maybe Mason Plumlee for our defensive center. So, I mean, it's pretty 
pretty rough on the defensive end for us. That's been the name of the game the whole season, though. If we don't play defense, then we don't win. And uh, we don't play defense a lot. So <laughs> that's why we've lost 35 games. But we, when we do find our defense, defensive efficiency in our defense, we play well. So it's really about effort. I mean, they came out down 11-2. to two. Rago called a timeout, and then we started playing defense after that. So we still left them open a good bit. But there were more contests in December. I think I disagree with what I said earlier. There were more contested shots, but there were still plenty of open shots that the Jazz just missed. And Gobert was ineffective in this game as compared to the other one. I think in the other one he had like 20, 22 points and 23 rebounds or something like that. And today he had 19 rebounds and 11 points, which is still a lot, but 11 points isn't going to kill us. Of course he's going to get 19 rebounds. We don't have a true big man outside of Mason Plumley, so And Nick Richards doesn't play. So out of our two true big men, only one of them plays. And PJ had a terrible night. So he Gobert really should have dominated. And that's why they didn't win. Because Gobert was having a rough, rough night. And he had to take a backseat. Donovan Mitchell shot 21 times. Jordan Clarkson, Clarkson shot 18 times. I mean, between the two of them, that's 40 shot attempts. And they only had like 84 so they had half of their shot attempts and everyone else pretty much had five or six including Gobert who was five or seven five for seven so um, I think that he just wasn't able to get in his offensive float because his teammates were taking so many shots and at the end of the day the Hornets get a win which is huge for us we're one and one on these last 10 and for the Eastern Conference standings we are sitting at 38-36, obviously. And we are half a game back from Brooklyn and three games back from Toronto, three and a half. So, I mean, we're one game in front of Atlanta with what I assume to be the tiebreaker. I'm not totally positive on that. But the best we can do is getting in that 7-8 game, I think. Saving a small miracle. So, um, that's kind of the goal, I think, for this season is to get in that 7-8 game. But Brooklyn, talent-wise, is very good. So I would be interested to see where they end up because we're obviously closest to them only half a game back. So we really could go anywhere from the, at technically speaking, at the moment, we could go anywhere from the 5 seed all the way to the 10 seed. Realistically speaking... We're probably somewhere between the 8 to 10. We'll end up somewhere in the 8 to 10 seed. If I had to guess, my hunch is that we're going to end up at the 10 seed. But Atlanta also has a hard schedule to end the season, so I could see us at the 9. But it's going to be really sucky if we end up back in the playing game after last year of also being in the playing game. So we'll see how that goes. Um, um, we got a pretty brutal schedule coming up. So we have the Nets, which is going to be great because we are literally next to them in the standings. Then we have the Nuggets, and we had a rematch with the Knicks, who we just lost to. So finishing out March will be an interesting set of games. And then we have the 76ers, the Heat, Magic, Bulls, and Wizards. So we really probably are only going to be favored out of nine games. 
Favored against the Wizards. Favored against the Magic. And then favored against maybe the Knicks. I'm not sure how that will work out. So we're supposed to lose out of our last 10 games. We were supposed to lose eight. We're one on one right now, which is a great start, but we're probably favored at only three of our last nine, which is disappointing, but it doesn't really matter because you played the games on the court. So we'll see how this works out. I'm excited to see it myself, Um, but that's been your post game wrap up and I'll see y'all later.